Becky's twentieth. Uh, Absolutely. It was, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Though my memory is not always accurate, but um, uh, quite a few people there. Great time, great food. What a great curry. Who made that curry? Um, a colleague of mine from work. Her wow. family do catering. We need their phone number. <laughs> we do. That was a fantastic. Great time. And uh, 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 some of us obviously clearly enjoyed the dancing, and some of us did not step across the line. <laughs> there was a line, and some of us wisely uh, restrained ourselves from stepping across the line. But others enjoyed it, so good for you. And uh, excellent, uh, you know, uh, we, we rejoice with those who rejoice, <laughs> and we stand still with those who stand still uh, and talk. Anyway, so. Uh, <coughs> It's been a wonderful weekend. It's great to celebrate the birthday. It's just great to celebrate things together. And there's something about being together, isn't there? You know, celebrating something on your own is never really much of a celebration. Um, I was at the FA Cup final yesterday. Uh, oh, sorry. And, uh, every time I mention this, poor Dan's a stab to his heart because he wasn't able to be there as a Man U fan. But uh, I was very uh, lucky and blessed in that my brother-in-law won some tickets to the FA Cup final. Man United versus Crystal Palace. But my brother-in-law is a dyed-in-the-wool Manchester City fan. Oh. Season ticket holder, everything, all his life. So there's no way he was going to go to a cup final involving Man United. So uh, he kindly offered me the tickets. So oh. my son and I got to go for free. And we got some of the best seats in the whole stadium. Well, I just Free. They were fantastic. Seats. Really pleased for you, Mum. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't you just feel that? He's loving it in God bless you. You can feel, <laughs> feel. <laughs> rejoice with those who rejoice, Dan. <laughs> and uh, but it was it, it was an ama eighty-eight thousand people in the stadium and singing for. Well, the whole match, it was, it was extra time, so 120 minutes plus, I mean, singing, singing, singing the whole time. And it, there was something ex just so amazing about being there together. I've watched the FA Cup final on television many times. It's not quite the same thing as being there with 88,000 people. That's why we come together, I think. A lot of what we do here is just to celebrate one another, what God's done in our lives, and what Jesus has done for us. It's really about that celebration. And today we're looking at a community of people who, who were stunned by what God did. Both those who fully believed in who Jesus was and those who I think were curious um, got something um, that stunned them, surprised them. So let's, let's dig into our passage. Sarah's going to read it for us. So Sarah, would you mind reading Luke 9, verse 10 down to verse 17? That's what we're into today. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with themselves to with and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish. 
Uh, they were all satisfied. They were all satisfied. And I think they were all a bit stunned. I think that doesn't quite do it justice. I think they were stunned and satisfied. So what's the context here? Jesus has, uh, earlier in the chapter, sent out the, uh, the twelve on a limited mission. They've gone out, preached the word, healed people. It's been amazing. <clears throat> the crowds are astonished. Herod, uh, word reaches him. He's astonished. What's going on? And, uh, and the apostles come back and they return and they come back to Jesus and uh, they report all that they have done and they, Jesus says, come along with me, we're going to go get some rest and let's go withdraw and go somewhere else. But when he gets there, the crowds hear about it and they follow him and he gets no rest. What's it like when you don't get any rest? Or better, what's it like when you're expecting to get some rest and you don't get some rest? Don't know what happens to you? I get grumpy. This happened on Wednesday. Penny and I were busy and uh, it was really tiring and I went and sat down and I, I thought I'm going to get some rest now. And, um, and so, uh, but that, it, it ended up where my trying to get some rest, my desire to get some rest compromised the things that Penny needed to do. And uh, I ended up being very grumpy when she talked to me. You know, she couldn't she see I was needing to rest and, and all that. And she wanted to talk to me, of all things. <laughs> so, um, I, I was grumpy, and then uh, that didn't go very well. So, Wednesday evening was not, uh, afternoon was not such a good thing. And uh, so, then the next day we talked about it, or the day after, and Penny pointed out to me, as I confess, and I agree, yes, I was grumpy, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. Uh, but she pointed out to me that the word grumpy is not in the Bible. Uh, the word selfish is. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's as what's in the Bible. such a ridiculous 
demand of his disciples. When there are 5,000, well, 5,000 men, in the, and in the Bible times you counted men in numbers like this, so it's reasonable to assume that there were equal numbers of men and women because women did follow Jesus and came in the crowd. So let's just say there should be probably 10,000 people here. So, you feed them. What's going through Jesus' mind? What's going through his head here? Well, I mean, it doesn't sound, doesn't make any sense. What do you think? Why would he make such a demand? Why might he say such a thing to his disciples? Well, I think he's trying to provoke them. Provoke, provoke them? Thinking. Get, get a reaction? Get a reaction. From them? Yeah. Maybe test. Maybe it's a test. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? He's taking their mind elsewhere, outside of what they can see, mm. what, they can, what they can do. I think he's trying to get them to not think practically, but think faithfully. Uh, okay, not practically, but faithfully, which like faith is so sight here. Perhaps it's a foreshadowing of the establishment of the church. He's got your responsibility. Okay. Mm. Isn't that deep? Mm. I like that. to 
bring to mind a faith challenge, pick one. You might have ten, but just pick one from them. Pick a faith challenge, a personal, a personal challenge that you're trying to change something in your, uh, in your habits and lifestyle that's not really Christ-like. You want to grow in, a, in, in some kind of, um, of, of, of fruit of the Spirit that you feel would, would be more Christ-like. You've got uh, a challenge to your prayer life, that you pray about something, but you're not really convinced that God's going to answer. Pick a faith challenge. And then ask, we need to ask ourselves, do we really believe that Jesus is with us in this challenge? Is he with us? Because if he is with us, then our resources are not just what we have. It's what he has. And can we make that shift of spiritual thinking to not only look at what we can see, but what is hidden sometimes through our physical sight, but what is really there, the presence that we have. If they were going to buy enough food for, for say, 10,000 people, that's about seven months' worth of wages. And however much you earn, from the uh, lowest earner here, pocket money, probably, I imagine, to the highest earner, you don't have to put your hand up, you may not know who you are, but seven months of anyone's wages is a lot of money to dole out for a bunch of hungry people who should have brought their own sandwiches anyway. Let's face it, what do you think? So, that's a lot. It's unreasonable. But Jesus is with them. So let's have, think about this uh, for a minute. Jesus not only in this situation sets up a faith opportunity, which I think is what he's doing, but he also supplies the power, the strength, the inspiration for what is needed. So what do they find? They have five loaves of bread and two fish. The loaves were probably a bit like in the picture there where they'd be flat. Um, quite thick, but, but circular, maybe 18 inches in diameter, um, and uh, could be used to wrap things in or just to tear off and, and eat. A couple of fish, we don't know how big they were, you know, big old 30-pound um, fish or just little minnows, I don't know, but nonetheless, five loaves, two fish, not enough to feed 10,000 people, that's for sure. What is Jesus doing here? I think Jesus is helping them partly to take responsibility for their situation. I was listening to a, 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 um, some notes from a book recently, um, and one of the key things he talked about in this book is the, the idea of if you're going to really um, grow in life, and uh, this is from a secular perspective, but I think it has spiritual application, you've got to take 100% responsibility for your own life. Not blaming other people for your life situation. It, and there are circumstances that affect us, but if we are going to grow, we have to take 100% responsibility. And I think that's right with Jesus in a spiritual context. We can take responsibility for the challenges in our lives, but with God's power and God's strength with us. And it's only if Jesus asks the unreasonable of us that we're able to apply faith to our situations. If he doesn't ask the unreasonable, we don't have any need to depend upon him. That's the reality of the way I think things go. God still does the same things today. God still tells you and me to love people who don't deserve it. At least in the way that we think about it. He still tells us to love people who frankly do not love us, haven't any intention of loving us, and possibly never will love us back. Jesus does say love your enemies, not just your friends. Completely unreasonable. And actually, I don't think even possible unless we have the Spirit of Christ. He does. People may not deserve it, but that's not the point from Jesus' perspective. Because
because he loved us when we were his enemies. That's the model. That's the inspiration for us. What's the unreasonable things that God is allowing in your life at the moment? <coughs> I'm sure there are some. Let's talk about the resources. Um, uh, a little illustration here. So, let's have a look at this. So here I have a loaf of bread, a 21st century loaf of bread, not a 1st century loaf of bread, but it'll have to do. I got this out of the freezer the other day, <clears throat> um, and I weighed it, and it was 400 grams. It's actually slightly less than that today, because I didn't tell my wife and my son that this was going to be a sermon illustration, so they've eaten several slices. <laughs> um, but never mind. Uh, that's okay. So it was 400 grams. And so let's imagine there are five of these and has to feed, let's say, 10,000 people, which basically means uh, that, uh, if my maths are correct, uh, that's about 0.4 gram per person here. Maybe there's more people than I did the calculation for. So let's say, that's about that, isn't it? It's about 0.4. Let's say it's about half a gram or thereabouts, right? So I thought we, we, we should just find out how much bread that is that each of us is going to receive. Uh, fit, you know, it's a practical thing here. So if we just turn the scales on. You press the button on the front of the scale. Oh yeah, that's right, press the button. Oh, yeah. Somehow is that handing out? And who knows? 
knows how it happened? I mean, I'd love to have seen this practically. <coughs> it, was it Peter with a with a basket and he gives out some bread and he comes, hang on, there's just as much as when I had that work. And I imagine if I was Peter, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna give you a piece of bread, but I'm gonna watch what happens to the basket. <laughs> and, then, and then it wouldn't work, and I look away and I look back, oh no, it's full again. How did that happen? It's an astonishing thing. I mean, we read these parables and these stories in the Bible and we get so used to them. But can you imagine being there? There was enough for everybody. They were satisfied. Uh, let me give you another scripture from the Old Testament, which I rather love, which I think has an application here about Gideon. Uh, you know the story of Gideon? God yeah. told him to go and, and defeat the enemies of God. And he said, oh, there's not enough of us. I'm too young and too small and too insignificant and too weak. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian? The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. That's a key phrase. For all Christians, for all men and women of faith. Go in the strength you have. Go with the bread you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You don't have time to look at the whole story there, but look at it, look it up at Judges 6, Judges 7, astonishing victory. Uh, just a few hundred men be uh, uh, overcoming thousands of, of the enemy. Go in the strength you have, I will be with you. Two key phrases. Go in the strength you have, I will be with you. What the disciples missed in Luke 9, at least at the beginning, is that they looked at the uh, half a gram of bread per person and one fish scale per person and, and said, and that, that's it. And, the, and they were looking at this. Instead of looking at the fact that Jesus was standing right next to them. And hadn't he already done all those miracles? Hadn't they already done miracles in the beginning of Luke 9? He sent them out with authority to, to, to preach and to uh, proclaim the kingdom. And what's the phrase there? Proclaiming the good news, healing people everywhere. That's what he... And they had done that. And what was the instruction at the beginning of Luke 9? Take no bread. People will feed you. Don't worry about it. If step of faith. You haven't got enough bread. It's okay. God will provide. You see, they learned. They should have learned that at the beginning of Luke 9. Then it comes to another faith challenge. God, Jesus gives them another faith opportunity. And he's like, there's no bread, everybody. They're like, we know there's no bread. There's only five loaves. There's not enough. And they're like, but what are we going to do? And Jesus oh, okay. All right. I'll do another demonstration what happens when I'm with you? I just I ask you to do something unreasonable. I ask you to trust me. I'm going to show you again what happens when I'm with you. Jesus is with every one of us this week. I um, don't know what you've got going this afternoon. Um, someone told me they go for lunch with somebody. That's nice. Oh, oh, there's some bread there. Enough for you. <laughs> uh, and I don't know what you're doing this evening. And, and Vicky's going to be on the plane. And uh, we pray safe journey. And that uh, airline food is, is good for you and they have enough bread for you there. Um, and and we've got plans tomorrow. You're at work, you're, you're studying, you're back at school, you are... <coughs> but already, if you think about your week ahead, you can think of 
some things that feel a little overwhelming. Some things that feel overwhelming, some things that make you feel tense when you think about them, you're trying not to, even though I'm asking you to, you're trying not to think about those things because they make you feel a bit tense, a bit heavy, a bit lethargic, a bit over. Just, we have those things, right? Bring that to mind and bring Jesus into the picture. That's the discipline of the spiritual mind, is to bring Jesus into that picture, that circumstance, that situation. To do that now, to do that in prayer such that when we're in the situation, we remember that Jesus is with us. We don't freak out. We may feel burdened still, and feel a bit stressed, but we don't freak out. That's a wonderful thing. When Jesus is with us, we don't have to freak out. We can instead see ourselves satisfied and be able to satisfy others. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples, I think, learned from that how to go in faith. When they saw, say, 10,000 people or so fed, well fed, and satisfied. And baskets and baskets left over. Uh, 12, was it? Yes, 12 basketfuls of broken pieces left over. What a wonderful thing. There was probably a bit of food left over from the party last night, I imagine. Just a little. Just a bit. Just a little. <laughs> that curry was like between the 5,000. It just seemed to. There was a lot of curry. It seemed to not disappear. But I doubt. <laughs> I doubt there was a multiple, multiple times of food left over last night compared to what arrived at the point. Yeah. Mm. Jesus can do the most astonishing thing. Uh, dinner for 5,000. Uh, I guess today, this week, you've got some feeding to do. And you perhaps need some feeding and you've got some other people to feed. Well, do it with Jesus' power and do it with his strength. And not only will we see God move here and amongst us, but the commission God has given us is Watford, it is Hertfordshire, it is bits of bucks and beds. Uh, you know, and Dunstable and, and, um, Dunstable. And yes, Dunstable. <laughs> <laughs> Dunstable here today, and it is St. Albans, and it is Chollywood, and it is Chesham, and it is Croxley, and it is the other bit of Croxley. Where, uh, <laughs> and it, it, it is where we're going, where God sends us. So, let's pray together. Father, we pray that uh, as you give us faith opportunities, that you'll help us remember that Jesus is with us. Help us not to look at the strength we have as being a limitation, but help us, Father, to look at the strength you've given us as just being the crumb, the beginning, that you can then use to do the most astonishing things. Uh, Father, we pray you give Vicky a safe journey home. We pray you bless her uh, family and, uh, and refresh Doug and the rest of the family and, uh, and herself. And I pray, God, also that uh, this week uh, you'd uh, uh, help us to live by faith in such a way that we know we're really living by faith. It's not just a, an idea or a uh, a spiritual concept, Father, but of the way that we live. Help us to touch other people's lives in that way, and we pray that so you'll help us to not only be satisfied, but to satisfy many others as we teach them and share with them how amazing you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.